All right. Well, again, good morning. Happy New Year. Glad you're able to be here. Those of you who don't know me, my name is Brian, uh, lead pastor here at Hope Lower Town. Um, and we are in week eight, technically, of looking at different prayers in the Bible. Uh, we've got one more week of this, uh, and then we are going to be spending this, we're going to be spending two, two years uh, walking through uh, the book of Romans, uh, which I'm really excited about. I've never done that before. Um, a whole long story about that. Um, so Steve Treichler, the senior pastor, um, he's been wanting to uh, teach through Romans for a long time, uh, since before I've been on staff, even at Hope. I've been here now for eight, nine years, um, that he's been wanting to do this. And, and, he, and I was like, you know, some pastors that, that we would know, um, uh, Tim Keller, John Piper, whoever, you know, the, all these pastors, they waited till they were in their 50s to preach through Romans. And he was like, yeah, I am in my 50s. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, I want to take my time. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, but anyway, so I'm not, I'm not rushing it. I feel really excited about it now. Um, as a matter of fact, our Leadership Development Institute, uh, we do a, uh, what's called a, well, it's called a Romans retreat. And so I'm actually going to retake that class. I took that class back in 2014. I'm going to take it again. Uh, it's like 60 hours the second week of January here, uh, just going through Romans. And, and then, so then right after that, I'll be, we'll be preaching Romans 1.1. Uh, so anyways, I'm really excited about that. Uh, and so uh, we are going to be finishing prayers, except that there's going to be a, a little bit of a different um, tone, tenor today and that uh, it's New Year's, right? It's a, it's a new year, and here we are now, a uh, little over five years, five plus, and, and we get to uh, look at the past. Now we've got a little bit of traction behind us, and we get to go, okay, this is, this is what we set out to do. Have we done that? Uh, this is who we are, and, and we can see these uh, markers now and say, okay, how does this help us look forward into the future, Okay. So if you're visiting this morning, thank you, welcome. Um, this is just gonna be a little bit different than normal. We're still gonna open the Bible, we're still gonna preach, and we're still gonna look at a prayer, uh, but it's just gonna be a little bit different. So the passage you're gonna be looking at eventually is gonna be Acts chapter four, uh, which is very fitting. It fits in very well with, with this vision that we're gonna be looking at. And, but this week I wanna focus and look at where have we been? Uh, what are some uh, markers that we can learn from and then next week, though, will be kind of the big thing of like, here's, here's where we're headed. Here's where we're going as a church. Uh, and, and not that I'm just like, I'm just directing this ship and I'm saying, hey, here's where we're going. And, and I hope you all get on board. Um, I think that, that what I'm trying to do is we'll, we'll see is, is just trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit directing us as a church? And are we on board with what, what he's doing? Um, and so let's, let's look at this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show some, some images on here, and, and I'm not going to lie, and not, I'm not using this term facetiously. Um, it, they might be a little triggering, okay? Because, but it is our past, okay? So I'm just going to show them, and then uh, hopefully you'll, you'll, well, maybe you'll, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. So this was our opening night. So this was September 11th, uh, 2017, uh, that we opened and uh, all the lights worked. Uh, you know, things were a little different back then. Um, and you can see it's a pretty, pretty full house. Um, and and that's a, that was a good thing. And again, a big part of that was we launched out of Hope Community Church downtown, a large church. Uh, and, and a lot of people came, just they were excited to see this new location be, be started. And so the idea, we used to do this thing when we first started a location, instead of just being a church plant, which was why I, I came to Hope 
to begin with um, was I wanted to learn how to plant a church and start my own church in, in this neighborhood. And then as I had more conversations with Steve Treichler, again, the senior pastor, um, it was like, hey, maybe we should do this location thing. And he wrote his dissertation on that. And, and I was like, yeah, I think I could get on board. And we used this hand motion like this, where we would start like this, really connected. And then we'd kind of go like this and, and certain, but this was true with every ministry. And so when we first started, we did everything exactly the same. It was copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And it didn't really work, okay? Um, because eventually when we had eight people up on the stage and then we had 40 people in the congregation, it just felt a little weird. Uh, and so we kind of had to, to learn and grow. And so things started to become our own and we started to get uh, our own ministries and started to get our own different feel and vibe, but we don't have to do things exactly the same. And so we kind of learned. And matter of fact, when we started, it was at 6.30 p.m. Some of you remember, you were here from the beginning, that we were used to be in the evenings. And the whole point of that uh, was, well, that was the only time First Baptist would let us meet. And so we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll take it at night. And, uh, and we did. And it was great for a while. Um, uh, you know, it was, it was different going to church only on Sunday night. Uh, but that's what we did uh, for about a year and a half. Um, and then uh, we switched to the mornings uh, at about in the fall of 2019. And that was when at that point, um, again, because of kind of shared leadership, we started really, really tightly. And so my elders, we were all just one elders, uh, the, the pastors. And then, and then it was like, okay, I need to have my own, my own people here locally. And so we added Paul and Josh as elders. Josh has since moved with his wife, Katie, and then Paul and Allison, as great as Paul is, and I love him. He's not here this morning. Uh, he's on vacation, I think, or he was out too late. I don't even know. Um, but no, I love Paul, right? And I don't tell him that enough. So some of you relay that message for me. Paul has been a, a, an amazing friend, an amazing leader. Uh, he's helped me a lot, especially during, during uh, the last couple of years. Uh, he's been a huge advocate and I'm thankful for him, but Paul is going to plant. Paul is leaving this fall. In fall of 23, he's gone, uh, that he's going to be planting another church, starting another church. And I'm very excited for Paul. I think he's ready. Uh, I'm happy for he and Allison and their little guy and then their other little guy who's baby, baby too. Um, really excited for them. Uh, and so that, that's what's going on with, with Paul. And so... Um, uh, they became, officially, they became elders in August of 2020, which if you remember, was this, this era. This is what I meant by my little triggering, right? I'm sitting in my living room with a rock band microphone um, and, and, and the stand, and that's literally from rock band, from PS3. And the stand that it's on uh, is the rock band drum kit set. I ran the wire through it and it worked because it was a USB you know, instead of going to my PS3, it went into my computer and it worked. Um, because at the time, you couldn't buy a USB microphone anywhere because everyone was buying. Um, anyways, good times, right? No, we were preaching through Job. It was just heavy on heavy after heavy. Uh, and so we, we got through Job. Uh, we tried to have some fun with it. We did some uh, trivia nights. If you remember doing that, that was always uh, a lot of fun uh, doing that. And then once the things kind of warmed up, we moved out here to the courtyard. Uh, we were out there for a couple months and even, even, I've got my mask outside. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just what a wild time, right? Uh, and then we started getting noise complaints from the neighbors. And so we, we stopped doing that. And then we moved back inside uh, and we did that for a while, right? And so we, we were preaching in here for a while. Um, and so the idea is that for, for now, for 2022, um, we were kind of getting back to normal. 
What is it like to be a church again? What is it like to uh, have our, our groups and our volunteers and, and rebuilding the nursery and rebuilding our hospitality and re- all, all of those things we kind of had, we were in, kind of like a, it felt like we were planting again. It felt like we started uh, in the evenings in 2017 and then it felt like we started again in the, in the summer of 19 as we moved to the mornings. And then it felt like we started again once COVID hit. And then it felt like we started again in 2022 when we really could start meeting again fully. And so, and so now we have these markers. Where, where are we at and who are we? And I know if you've been here from the beginning, you, we, we still see a lot of faces that we know. And there's been a lot of new people that have been uh, coming to Lower Town and new families and a lot of little kids and babies. And uh, when we first started the church, we just had Henry. Henry was just a couple months old. Um, and now we've got a family of three, family five. I mean, <laughs> we have three, three children. Um, and, no, I was not dropping something. No, 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 no hints there. No. Um, so again, why do we exist? Right. So what I did was uh, this week as I was prepping, I went back and I, and I went back and I found a sermon that I had preached on January 2nd of 2018. And I, and I literally took and I copy and pasted what I said then, and I'm going to say it again today, and, and highlight some changes. Um, and, and a lot of it shouldn't change, right? If the Word of God is timeless, and if the Word of God has existed for thousands of years, I'm hoping that that part of it doesn't change, right? Our, my theology is not changing, right? Um, and so why do we exist? And um, our, our mission statement, if you will, is, is simply to honor God by helping as many people as possible become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. You've heard us say that a million times. And as, and as great as mission statements are, anyone can have one of these, right? You can go to the Marriott, Marriott and, and, and they probably have a mission statement that's very similar just without, just take Jesus and God out of it, right? We wanna help as many people as possible become fully devoted to staying at our beautiful hotels, right? Something, right? But they're, they're just very similar. And so we kind of boiled it down to three words of gospel and community on mission. That we wanna be a gospel community that's actually a community, which I'll talk about a little bit, but on mission. And, and what is that mission? And we've kind of floundered with that over the last five years. And so the idea is this week and mainly next week, give us a little bit more teeth to that. So I'm not gonna go through all this the way I did a couple years ago, but what does the scripture call us to do? What is the church uh, that we are called to be a gospel-centered community? We are called to share the gospel with others. We share the gospel with ourselves, uh, to build one another up, to uh, take the Lord's Supper, uh, to baptize, to sing, to worship, to pray, and to sit under the teaching of God's word. And, and we can find all that in the Bible, which just this morning, I'm not gonna take the time with that point to open God's word. Uh, and this was interesting. This, this came from a, a, a guy, Brian Howard. He's now the, the, they just changed his title. He's not the president of Acts 29 anymore. He's not the CEO. Oh, no, no, he is the president. He's the president of Acts 29. They just changed his title. So we're part of a church planning network. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Who cares? This guy, Brian Howard, though, he's, a, he's like a life coach. And, we, and he came to Hope and did this big thing, that's non-conference conference thing that we do. And, um, and he went through and he said, and he asked this question, if we didn't exist, the world would be worse off how? And that's a hard question to ask. And, and if we just ceased to exist, like if we just closed the door and we never came back, what would happen? Would it change the community? Would it, how would people feel about us not being here? Um, would it affect anybody, right? Uh, would it affect our communities that we're in, in our own neighborhoods? If we just were like, yeah, we're not a thing. I'm not a Christian or whatever it may be. And so how... How does, that, how does that work? And so I think that's an ongoing conversation. But why do we do 
what we do. And this is, again, something that hasn't changed for quite some time, that we exist for God's glory. Uh, And this is just a phrase, and I'm just gonna read these. In all the universe, there's nothing more important than God. God's glory is the radiance of all that he is and is what we are created to enjoy. Therefore, all of our ministries and efforts are about glorifying God, and we will aim to worship God in all that we do, not just in our corporate worship alone, but through the rest of our lives as well. I did change this. It used to say, it ain't about us, it's about God. And I don't know if we were just trying to be cool or hip. I don't know what, uh, I, just, I just changed it to, it isn't about us, it's about God. If it's okay, do I have permission to do that? I did change that. It's for God's glory. This is what this is about. This is why we're here. If it's not for God's glory, then it becomes about us. And if it's about us, then, <laughs> then we've failed. All right, it's not, about, it's not about us at all. By God's grace, the grace of God shall permeate all that we do. We acknowledge that our only hope is a restored relationship with God through his grace given to us at the cross of Jesus Christ. And we will operate in a spirit of grace and humility and will allow ourselves to be spoken over our own sin. And kind of the phrase we have is that we're all poster children for grace, right? That we all need grace. I'm not better than anyone. You're not better than anyone. We, are, we all need God's grace, period. Um, and that it's equal foot, equal footing at the foot of the cross, uh, equal ground at the foot of the cross. And so uh, that's true. And then truth, uh, through the truth of the word of God. The Bible is our source of truth and our guide for living. Real life change happens only when it brings our lives into alliance with God, inspired words from scripture. Uh, we value teaching, preaching, studying, and meditating upon God's word. God's word changes things. It changes lives. In, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about how that through the reading and the teaching of God's word, that, that the spirit speaks to spirit, that, that, that the spirit of God in me speaks to the spirit in you, and it, and it allows a change of life. This is why we, we do this. This is why we, we preach, because Listen, lecture ter- is terrible, right? You guys, you, you're in school, you're in college, you get lectured at. It's not how we remember things, right? There's, there's been a million studies on this, and I know it's really hard to see, but we only retain about 5% of what we hear in a lecture, right? Which is what I do every single week. Um, and then you got 10% reading. I feel like that should be a little higher, but maybe not, I don't know. Uh, 20, when there's audio visual, whether it's a movie or that's why we do PowerPoint, I guess, I don't know. Uh, demonstration, discussion, uh, and then practice doing and then teaching others. And so obviously if I'm teaching, if you teach it, when, when I teach my systematic theology class, I have them do a 15 minute lecture on a topic they wrote a paper about. Because when you speak it, when you teach it, it just, it just really, really uh, uh, gets at home. Um, and so, but, but why do we lecture? Uh, because that's what scripture has taught us to do. And because it's not just uh, something witty I'm gonna say or some cool PowerPoint that you're gonna go home and be like, man, that was amazing. It's only because of the spirit uh, that changes lives. That's it, period, in the teaching of, of God's word. Depending on God through the Holy Spirit, we have no desire to have a ministry of this church be powered by our own strength. We'll rely on the Holy Spirit to lead, empower, and comfort us as we eagerly learn, uh, eagerly, uh, learn how to personally and corporately pray and worship. Right? It's kind of a phrase that we use, be a sailboat, catching the wind of the spirit, not a speedboat under your own power. That anytime we feel like, man, if I walked away, if I got sick tomorrow or whatever it may be, I don't know, I feel like this ministry thing, it would just fall apart. It just wouldn't happen. Then, then I think we're, we're not doing it right. Uh, we're not uh, raising up leaders in our church. We're not uh, empowering one another to do it. If it's about you in a position, then, then we're not doing it right. Uh, and, and that goes for me as well. Uh, 
And so that's a, that's a big part of it. And then another aspect is because all people matter to God, the reason we desire to minister to others is because people, all people matter to God, no matter how far away from God they may seem, they all matter to God, Luke 15. Therefore, we will be relevant by being contemporary and moving any unnecessary obstacle to help people see Jesus Christ. We wanna honor uh, where each person is at their personal spiritual journey while encouraging them to go farther. Uh, we will do this all in a God-honoring manner right? because all people matter to God. And this idea of, of removing unnecessary obstacle, uh, being contemporary doesn't mean like we're, we're like hip. Uh, people like flock here because we're super cool. Um, if you, you know, go on, I, you know, I follow like Christian talk on TikTok and it is wild. I was just telling Ben today, I saw one um, where they were, they were doing like a remix of uh, Eye of the Tiger, um, uh, but it's like they Christianized it and it's, to me, it's weird and awkward and makes me uncomfortable, but the, it's packed and people are loving it. Yeah, he came down from heaven. Like, what are we doing, right? There was a Grinch, zombies coming out, doing Thriller. Hey, man, great. Preach the gospel. That's all I want you to do, right? And if that helps you preach the gospel, then, then, then by all means do it. Um, it's just not us. It's not me. Uh, I don't think that's where we're at but we wanna remove the obstacles. We wanna make sure that, um, that people have an open door to be able to, to actually see Jesus because the gospel of preaching of a, of a God who took on flesh, who died for our sins on a bloody cross, rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, that's offensive. That, that when I look all of you in the face that you need a savior who died for your sins, that's offensive enough. Let that be the offense. I don't want to, some joke I say or, or something that I do be the thing that goes, ah, yeah, man, I don't know about that. I don't know about those people. They don't, all people matter to God. Therefore, we hope to make disciples. Through loving relationships and the community created at Hope Community Church, we aim to make fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who would engage in knowing Jesus Christ through study and service. We highly value the smaller groups, mentor relationships, small groups, um, classes, et cetera things that can uh, help facilitate these kinds of lifelong, authentic, God-centered friendships. And we used to make this joke uh, way too often, but that community is our middle name. Right? We're a Hope Community Church. Community is our middle name. And that, and that we, we want to foster community and make fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, which ties in and ultimately spread the kingdom of God. We believe that as believers, we are on the offensive in a spiritual battle and therefore will speak sorry, we'll seek to go into the kingdom of darkness to do as much damage as we possibly can. If you've been coming to Lower Town, you know this, Matthew 16, 18, where it says that, uh, that on this truth, that Christ is the leader, uh, that he is the savior of the world, that on that truth, I will build my church and the, and the gates of hell will not withstand it, right? Gates are a defensive unit. This is not the church defending itself against the attacks of the devil. This is the devil who has his defensive gates up and we're on the offensive. We go on the offensive into the kingdom of darkness. And so we go into the kingdom of darkness and we trash the joint. And if you've been here long enough, you remember me. I remember one week I was like, I don't remember how it came up. I was like, you want to do cocaine? Do it in the name of Jesus. I forget exactly what I said, but it was probably not appropriate. But then I remember I said this phrase and Freudian slipped and I said, go into the kingdom of darkness and light up the joint. Remember that? Good times, I remember that. It's not what I meant to say. Go into the kingdom of darkness and trash the joint. Right? We're on the offense. And so we value the kingdom of God related prayer, outreach, children's ministry, community service, church planning, leadership development to accomplish this. Um, so then we go to core values. Um, this has not changed. Gospel centrality. 
Anything and everything we do needs to be thought out with the gospel at the center of why we are doing it. It doesn't mean that every single thing we do, uh, we're, we're, we're like sharing the gospel. Uh, we used to do this when I was growing up. Like we would we'd go out like with my dad, who was a pastor or my uncle or, or my youth pastor, whoever it was, we'd go play a game of basketball, pick up basketball in Chicago, play some basketball. And then afterwards, you know, my, my uncle would get around and be like, all right, everyone gather around. First off, I'm sorry about my language. Let me tell you about Jesus. And it's like, whoa, ah, how did that happen, right? And, and, and that's not necessarily what it's all about. And yet it is. We are called to proclaim the good news of him who called us out of darkness and into light. And, when, when, when we, and we need to use words. There's that phrase that um, uh, share the gospel and when necessary, use words. And I remember hearing a pastor say, it's kind of like saying feed the hungry and when necessary, use food. And, and I get the, the, the sentiment there that, that this sent, sentiment there, not sediment, it's very different. Uh, the sentiment of, of no, 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 the, we, we need to proclaim the gospel. We need to tell people about Jesus. And yet we do things in order to uh, bridge the gap, in order to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go into the kingdom of darkness and trash the joint, to rip down these gates of hell and to say, hey, I want to, Maybe it's through a meal. Maybe it's through clothing. Maybe it's through backpacks or whatever it is that we've been doing with communities and schools, whatever that may be, so that we can have a relationship. So that when I tell you about my savior and why I do these kind things for you, not out of duty or obligation, but because I genuinely care for you and love you. And therefore, let me tell you about a savior who genuinely cares for you and loves you. That's why we do it. It's about the gospel and gospel centrality. Um, and we do this not just outside this isn't just gospel centrality as in like being an evangelical, as in sharing the good news of the gospel, which is what evangelical actually means. Evangelos is the, is the Greek for, for the gospel. And so I'm gonna evangelize. Um, and so that, that, okay, sure. But it's not just the gospel is not just for other people. It's not just for people outside the walls of the church. It's for us. It's always been for the church. And if you think about, and if you're familiar with the Bible and you can go and think about any verse that might pop in your head, like this is how I share the gospel with, with people. They wanna know who Jesus is. This is what I go to. 90% of those verses are from books that the apostle Paul or Peter wrote to the church. That the gospel is for the church. Uh, Martin Luther, when he nailed his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg in, in 19 or 15, 19, in 1517, uh, that the very first point is that all, the, all of a Christian's life needs to be one of repentance. I need the gospel, you need the gospel, which is why every single week we talk about the gospel because we need it, we all need it. And so we do this though, even when we do ministries. And so I actually wanna have uh, ben, ben come up right now. Um, he's been working on something with some people in the church and, and I, think it, I think it fits in with this idea of, hey, gospel centrality, and yet, mm, what else can we do? And so, uh, anyways, Ben, I'll let you do what you're going to do with that. Thanks, dude. Hi. Hi. My name is Ben Jones. Uh, I've been coming here with my wife, Emily, uh, since we started here about five and a half years ago, as Brian was saying. And I wanted to just introduce a little project uh, that me and some others here have just finished. Uh, we started in the summer and I was telling myself this will be a nice little summer thing that I do. And here we are in 2023 crossing the finish line. Uh, but what we did was we wrote a little devotional. So this is called Redeem to Restore, a Hope Lower Town devotional. And uh, as Brian has been talking about, uh, these core values 
uh, run right through this. And uh, if you pick it up today, I hope that's clear, uh, but I'll kind of get into it and sort of explain that. So uh, what we've got is just a 30-day devotional with kind of selected passages that um, hit on this, this notion that the, the story in the Bible, what God does with his people, uh, is seen throughout Scripture. It's not like just a New Testament thing. Um, it's seen throughout scripture and there are fundamental values for how God would want us to live seen throughout scripture. And so this devotional, we've got a little table of contents very conveniently. It runs the gamut. It runs everything from Genesis to Revelation. Um, got a little forward in here uh, and sort of an outro, that kind of thing. Um, we're going to have these in the fireside room after church. I'll leave a few in the back there uh, for you to pick up and go through. Uh but I do want to specifically thank the small team. Uh, we've got a majority of the team here today. So, you know, we're the best of the best here. Uh, so me, Ben Jones, uh, Andrea Gregory Shulke, she's not here. They just got back from a trip. Uh, Duncan Minx, if you want to wave your hand, wave your hand. Duncan. Higher. Higher, Duncan. There's Duncan. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, Emily, my wife, Emily Jones, Aaron Gingrich, she's not here, and Jeremiah West there. Uh, we all collaborated. Um, I was, this has been kind of a passion project for me, but it was important to me if, if I believe that this is something true in scripture, that it just not be me talking, right? This needs to be something that's obvious on its own, as Brian was saying, if, if I wasn't even here. So I was very thankful to have others, uh, agree to join and contribute in various ways. And it was, it was just a really fun process. So when I had kind of some one-on-one -on -one conversations with uh, my team as we wrote this, uh, the two goals we had was that it would be edifying and encouraging. And so just plain and simple, I hope that that's what you get from it. Um, again, with the title Redeemed to Restore, uh, I just kind of want to give maybe like a thesis statement about that. And uh, that's again that we see throughout the story of the Bible that God redeems his people with a purpose in mind, that the good news doesn't just end with us uh, and a phrase that Brian uses is that the choice we make for God's salvation is personal, but it's not private. That it's something that we bring out into the world. We're told to be salt and light. Um, we have examples in scripture from Abraham to be a blessing to the world. The Hebrews pulled out of Egypt to worship. Esther is chosen to save Israel. Paul is chosen to bring Christ to the Gentiles. And the church in 1 Peter 2 is, is labeled as declaring the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. And so as God's people now, I like to think that in some way, the long history behind all of us still carries with us. And the main theme of this devotional is that God redeems each of us in order that we might join his work of restoration here and now until Christ himself concludes it all when he returns. So that's that's really the theme of this. It's, you know, it doesn't get into specifics of how we do that necessarily in St. Paul. That can look very different, you know, depending on our passions, our opportunities and all that kind of stuff. But this is like a core sort of motivational devotional. Um, so that's what we've got. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or Brian. I'm good. I've got one on my yeah, face. Yeah, you don't need this. Thanks, Ben. Okay, uh, we're going to keep going through this uh, quickly because uh, I do want to actually get to the Bible here at some point. Um, 
is, is this uh, authentic biblical teaching. Again, this has not changed, uh, that uh, I wanna be authentic in the teaching from the pulpit. I, I wanna be myself. I don't wanna use some, some preacher voice. I was actually taught in college to like have a, have a, a voice. Um, I, don't, I do that when I start joking. If you know me, I start, I start talking about, I, I, get this, I get a voice. <laughs> I start joking. I, I, don't, I don't teach like that. I don't preach like that. I don't pray like that. I wanna be me. Um, and uh, I'm, not a, I'm not the expert. Uh, yeah, sure, I've gone to school, great. I'm not the expert. I read people who are the experts and I quote people who are the experts and, and you get to do the same. That's why we teach the way we teach. We open the Bible and we walk through it and if there's a, a thing that we need an expert, then we open a commentary, which you are all capable of doing. Um, and so that's, that's why we do it, right? And so biblical in the way that I, that I prep and so exegetical in nature, meaning we're gonna walk through a passage of scripture. It's not gonna be opinion sharing time, even though that's what it feels like today. Um, but it's not opinion sharing time based, uh, but, but it's gonna be based on God's word as the final authority. Um, and, and maybe it's me just kind of bucking against how, how I know I grew up that, that a lot of times that one verse would be read and it was like, hey, now let me give you 10 reasons or 10, 10 ways on how you should raise your children. And it's like, give me the Bible. All right, what does God say about whatever it is that you're gonna talk about? And that's why we usually walk through a book of the Bible and why we're gonna spend two years, we'll take some breaks in the summer, uh, but we're gonna spend two years going through the book of Romans because the book of Romans is gonna bring topics up that I quite honestly, it makes me uncomfortable. The book of Romans is gonna bring topics up that I would go, oh, I didn't even think to talk about that. That's why we do that because that's how God has revealed himself in his word. And, uh, and so that's what we're gonna do. Um, Authentic biblical community, we've talked about this, um, but I wanna have actual community where people live their lives with one another. Not, it's not a yacht club, like we all have yachts. Um, I probably could change that, um, right? Not a, not a uh, cribbage club, it seems a little bit more down to earth, um, right? It, which is good, those, those, it's, it's good to have fun, but this is, this is real life, uh, that we're, we're getting beyond facts and opinions. Oh, how's the weather? Oh, good, oh, I don't really like the weather. I don't really like the cold, okay, great, real life. Right, opening up God's word and saying, man, I, this, is, this is a thing, but in small groups when we have accountability, whatever it may be, and we split up between the men and the women and just saying, man, I, my, this, my, my marriage is really, really struggling right now. Right? I'm really struggling with my singleness. And how do we, that's, that's life, right? And how does the gospel speak into that? Um, we talk about uh, unintended consequences or accidental values. Uh, and this is one I, that we wrote uh, you know, four years ago. We desire intimacy and therefore enjoy a smaller church, which is true. Uh, I, I enjoy being able to look out and know everybody, um, even when it's not New Year's Day. And, and I can, and I, and, I, and I wrote, and I can see us being adverse to fast growth. I don't know if we're like adverse to that. I would love fast growth, but I think the reality is like, yeah, that's just not, it's not who we are, right? Um, another one, and we did a survey back in 2018 and we just redid a survey, but I don't have the, uh, the information on that yet, the results from that, the recent survey, but we are on average very highly educated, uh, which can be off-putting to those who didn't go to college, even those who didn't go on to get their master's. I think, I remember back in 18, I think we almost had more people with a master's level or higher education than just undergrad, which is ridiculous, right? Um, that's not, I don't know how that happens. Um, and, and I don't, anyways, so it's an unintended consequence, right? If somebody who didn't go to college or didn't graduate from college or went to a trade school, whatever, do they feel less than? I hope not. And so I think the way that I would change this now wouldn't just be highly educated. I would say that as a congregation, we're very biblically literate. 
uh, that you guys know your Bibles. And then if you're like, I don't know if I know my Bible, that's okay. That's, that's why we do what we do. That's why we open the Bible and we teach and preach in a way that somebody who's never heard the gospel, never even read, don't even know who Jesus is, but they're gonna get to know him on that level and they're gonna understand. Uh, we don't like to use words like, hey, remember when Abraham did this thing? No, maybe I don't know when Abraham did that thing, right? We wanna open up God's word and teach in a way that, that is accessible to everybody and yet get deep and not shy away from that, which I'll talk a little bit more next week. Now, how do we know if we're successful? This is one that is gonna change. And, and I, so I'm gonna, this is what I wrote um, four years ago. I think the way that we know that we are reaching Lower Town is how many people go to Hope Lower Town who are actually from Lower Town. How many times can you say Lower Town in one sentence? How many people walk? And I think that is a pretty easy metric to measure, which it is. That is a very easy metric to measure the walkability of going to church. And that was a main goal that I had. That I, I, what I, the phrase that I used is I wanted to make the gospel walkable. That if people work here and they play here, why not worship here? Uh, and that's great and that's fine. The thing is that just didn't necessarily happen. This is a very transient community. Uh, and the people that did move to Lower Town or that lived here that started coming to church here, uh, a lot of them have moved out to the Burbs. There's a few people, handful of people that still uh, walk here, uh, which is great. Uh, but, but, but is that our goal? And if you remember, we, we have big emphasis on the artist community and the art crawl and, and get involved in the creator space. And, and that's great, but it just hasn't really worked. And so what, what are some of the markers? And so next week, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So, okay, enough is enough. Let's open the Bible. Acts chapter four. Uh, and this isn't a tag on, I promise. This is actually, I think, very fitting to where we're at this morning. Acts chapter four, looking at verses 23 through 31. It says this. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. Okay, so what's going on here? If you read the, the first part of Acts chapter four and Acts chapter three, the little bit of context of what's happening here, Peter and John get arrested. They go to the temple and there is a man in his 40s who has a, a withered hand. He's, he's, a, he's a paraplegic. And, and they go up to him in the name of Jesus, they heal him. Right? And, 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 the, and the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, uh, the leaders of the Jews, Jewish community, right? they're the ones that wearing the, they're the ultra religious. They got the robes and the fancy hats and everyone's like, whoa, they're religious. They got the hats, right? That's, that's who that they're dealing with. And they see this man get healed and they go, whoa, 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 you can't do that. How are you doing that? And they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. They're like, whoa, blasphemy, we just killed him. Right? I thought we were done with this guy. And now you're saying you're healing people in the name of Jesus. Now you need to go to jail. And so they throw Peter and John in jail. And then the elders come to them again. They're like, hey, here's the deal. We'll let you go if you stop talking about Jesus. And they're like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. Let us go, but we're still gonna be telling people about Jesus. That's the context. So they get released and Peter and John go back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them, and when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So here's the prayer, right? This is week eight of our prayers. We've got one more looking at prayers in the Bible. And he says this, sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. And I think this is, anytime we read a prayer in the Bible, it teaches us how to pray. And, and, and this is a common thing that we see in the Psalms and, and in the prayers that we've been looking at is people kind of recounting the excellency of what God has done. Hey, hey God, remember 
let's just, let's just lift you up right now. This is who you are. You're powerful. You're sovereign. You made everything. And they quote Psalm chapter two, uh, one through two. And again, the, the phrase, the big phrase, theological term that we use, looking at when the New Testament quotes something in the Old Testament, the phrase is metalepsis. Um, and the meaning, what did the entire uh, chapter of Psalm chapter two mean? Right? That when you see a New Testament author quote a little bit of the Old Testament, go back and read the entire chapter of that Old Testament, get a little bit more, more context. And so they, they accomplish that in, these, in quoting these two verses. Why do the nations, nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And the rest of that passage is gonna be, um, God, you are in control. Like you're not worried about what people are gonna do. You're in control. And that's what they're again saying here. But then they change it to this. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, the Messiah, the Christ. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. This gets into that idea and that word of providence. And if you break it down into the Latin, pro video, to see before, but it's not just to see before, he's gonna see to it. It's a see to itness that God and Christ and the spirit in eternity past said, hey, we're gonna create someone in our image. And then Jesus, the son, you're gonna take on flesh and you're gonna die for them so they can be redeemed. All of this is gonna be planned beforehand. That your will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. These are the, the leaders of the Jewish community of, of the religion. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, your anointed one of Jesus. I want us to pray like that. Right, whether you're in this room or whether you're gonna, you're gonna make it up online, I want us, I want Hope Lower Town to pray like this. I want us to pray for boldness. That's what they do. They pray for boldness. Why? They, and what do they pray for boldness to do? To speak your word. That's what they just got arrested for. They just got arrested for preaching the word with boldness about Jesus. And their prayer to God is give us boldness. Notice they do not pray for safety. They don't pray to be uh, uh, set free from prison. That's not, it's okay to pray for those things. If we find ourselves, Jesus prays that way in the garden of Gethsemane where he says, God, uh, not my will, but yours, but, but maybe there's another way that doesn't involve crucifixion. And it's okay to, to, to pray for those things. But right here in this text, what the apostles are not doing is praying for safety and, and protection. They're saying, give us boldness to do again what we just got in trouble for. We wanna see Jesus. We wanna see the power of your servant, Jesus, do signs and wonders. Give us boldness. And I think 2023, who knows what's gonna happen? I remember doing a whole series on 2020 vision. <laughs> None of that happened, right? So I don't like planning, right? But when we look at, at this of 2023, what's gonna, I, want, I want us to be bold. Right, our society, our culture is changing, and I want us to be bold to proclaim the name, the good news of Jesus Christ. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke of the word of God boldly. And again, amongst themselves and others, they're preaching the word boldly. So in conclusion, 
I just want us to pray for boldness in sharing the gospel. Right, and next week I'm gonna look at how, how are we actually doing this? Let's put, some, let's put some teeth to this. Like, what can I grab onto, right? I think we're all kind of in that camp. I know millennials and younger and now Gen Z that I think it's like, okay, cool. I wanna talk about Jesus. I wanna share the good news of the gospel, but how do we do it? Right, that's what we're gonna talk about more next week. All right. um, and then if I could, uh, I would ask for prayer for me and Paul. We're going up to a pastor's study break with other pastors um, up at a camp and we're gonna be go to Trout Lake. Uh, up north, and so it's a. I've got a lot of work to get done. I'm a procrastinator, and so I just I'll get it done at past study break. I'll get it done at past study break. <laughs> now I got a lot of stuff to get done at past study break. Uh, but I could use your prayer just for relaxation. Pray for my wife. She's going to be in her busy season as a as an accountant, um, and uh, she's got to watch three kids. So just be be in prayer for us. Uh, and then after that, like I mentioned, the Romans retreat. So I would covet your prayers over the next couple of weeks. Um, and, and as always, though, Lord, Tom, we have, we're gonna have the Lord's Supper, which we do every week. Um, it's the, the bread that represents the broken body of Christ, the juice that represents his blood that was shed for us. All I would ask that you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to partake of these elements with us together this morning. Um, nothing magical about them. Whoever set them out uh, greatly overestimated how many people uh, were gonna be here, but that is okay. Uh, so grab one of those. And again, as, as Ben even mentioned, right? This is a, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, but it's not private. And so we get to partake of this meal together for followers of Jesus. Let me pray. And then uh, Andrew's gonna come back up, sing a couple songs and feel free to grab that as you see fit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again, just for our time together this morning. Thank you for the new year. Um, I thank you that as you guide and direct and how your spirit is gonna continue to move here at Hope Lower Town, that you would give all of us clarity, not just me, not just the one presenting and talking, um, but that you would give us all clarity. But as we look at this year, that you would give us boldness, boldness to be authentic in our sharing of the gospel, boldness uh, of being authentic in our community uh, with each other and with others. Um, and as we would be bold as we go on, on mission. And so we just pray these things in your son's name, amen.